I do think that if there's a bankruptcy potential for an equity that the market is somewhat still capable of pricing that in. Although the uh, the Hertz bounce after the bankruptcy, Chesapeake Energy's bounce just before its bankruptcy show that there's some serious irrationality going on in the market. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 65 of the Tesla Q podcast. This is the first episode in a while. I don't remember exactly what I talked about on the last episode and I haven't done any interviews in a while. Life has been really busy for me lately. I've had a big project at work recently, got to a, a big milestone on that, have a baby that's coming very, very soon. This episode is actually going to be kind of rushed and fully off the cuff. Uh, just before we've got some family that's going to be in town to help us out as we uh, figure out how to take care of a baby once it first arrives. So that's that's what's been going on in my life. I've also obviously been watching the stock market and seeing the NASDAQ hit new all-time highs in this post-COVID uh, world and been very, very surprised at just how crazy a lot of... Uh, aspects of the equity markets have have been lately i feel like in general the the whole concept of the the price of a share of a company being worth the discounted future free cash flows of the company is something that the market as a whole has basically completely forgotten for the time being i do think eventually such thinking will return and things will get closer to being rational again, but right now that's not the case. Another uh, thing with the, the podcast and my Twitter account, the name Tesla Q Podcast made sense when I started it. Uh, presently, though, the situation is much different than at the beginning of 2019 when I started the podcast. There's not any near-term risk of bankruptcy for Tesla. Uh, to suggest that there is would be pretty silly outside of any uh, unforeseen regulatory action or actual fraud charges or something crazy going on with, with Elon Musk himself. So that the idea of Tesla Q and a bankruptcy for Tesla is not on the, the near term table for any rational thinkers outside of some crazy unforeseen force majeure, which if you've been following this story, uh, there's not... <laughs> It, it almost seems like Elon Musk has a free pass. Uh, back in December, of course, he was found not liable in the Vern Unsworth lawsuit. Uh, just late in May of 2020 here, he uh, his company SpaceX sent Bob and Doug to the International Space Station, which was the first time since 2011 that United States astronauts have been launched into space from American soil. So Elon's got that uh, going for him as far as people having a reason to like him, uh, particularly within the United States government, which, of course, has satellites uh, launched by the Air Force and stuff, uh, intelligence agencies, which rely on SpaceX at, at times. And 
to have a U.S. rocket design that's capable of launching those satellites is a good thing. So in that regard, uh, Elon has has bought himself a degree of, of protection, I guess, by being the CEO of SpaceX and having that Im- very important piece of the supply chain that, that he's involved with. So I don't see any near-term bankruptcy uh, possibility for Tesla. So at some point in, in the future, maybe the fairly near future, maybe a little bit further out, I plan to change the name of the podcast from the Tesla Q podcast, likely to the Not That Evil podcast. The reason for selecting that name is the overall idea that I feel like in general, short sellers are portrayed as being evil, and I think that's a wrong impression. Short sellers provide a very valuable service to the market. Uh, things such as the wire card fraud, which just blew up within the last couple of weeks, are pointed out far in advance by short sellers. Yes, it's possible to be an unethical short seller and to have tactics that are not ethical, but for the most part, most of the well-known short sellers that I'm aware of, with a few exceptions, operate ethically and don't try to just cause a, a short-term hit to a share price and immediately capitalize on it. There is uh, one particular short seller who did seem to be doing that a lot a couple years ago. I think he's actually somewhat uh, cleaned up his act a little bit. He actually flipped to being long Tesla in October of 2018, if you have any question of who I'm referring to, but uh, for the most part, most short sellers that are well-known that I'm aware of operate reasonably ethically. So I think the perception that short sellers are evil and are anti-progress and just want to see the entrenched interests maintain their positions is a misguided thought and needs to be thought through with more nuance. And there are many, many aspects of the world today here in 2020 that don't get nearly enough nuance and deep critical thinking. And that's actually what initially drew me so far into the Tesla Q Twitter community is that the people within that community in general, not 100%, but in general, seem to think things through to a deeper level and with nuance. Whereas I feel like Elon Musk, in a lot of ways, his biggest, biggest success is due to his ability to portray ideas in a very simple format such that there's easily repeatable things that people can say. One one in particular that's come to light a whole lot lately is the the simple fact that battery electric vehicles are more efficient than hydrogen vehicles because you don't have to convert the energy into hydrogen to be stored and and so you lose you miss that step of the process and therefore greater efficiency therefore battery electric vehicles are better than hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles and while that simple fact is true thinking of the entire wheel to well process and not thinking about potential improvements that could be made in hydrogen production and storage etc is not very deep thinking and does not appeal to me as someone who does like to think things through and just in general, with the market in this post-COVID environment where don't fight the Fed and V-shaped recovery and all these things have just been repeated over and over, extremely simplistic thoughts, but they've borne themselves out in a lot of ways. Uh, 
the number of times that V-shaped recovery has been mentioned has caused people to get in their head that we're going to have a V-shaped recovery, which I don't see happening. I, I see that there's still 18 million or so people in the United States that are unemployed that weren't prior to the, the coronavirus. I see the TSA data that Tesla Charts keeps posting on Twitter and how the number of people flying is greatly declined year over year. And I just don't see a V-shaped recovery for the economy. That said, the Fed has definitely injected a whole lot of liquidity into pieces of the market, not directly into the equity markets, but buying junk bonds and such has freed up liquidity that other people had tied up in those bonds that they've now been able to use to buy equities or whatever else. So the increase the money supply has clearly had an effect. It as of a week or so ago, it looked like that was starting to possibly taper off a little bit. I haven't checked the numbers from this past week, but but I plan to do that in the near future. I should say I'm recording this on the afternoon of the 5th of July, so 7-5-2020 for episode 65 of the Tesla Q podcast. Uh, back to the thought earlier about equity prices not being a discounted cash flow model uh, for their valuation anymore. I did get lulled into thinking that that rationality had returned with the steep decline of share prices at the uh, back in the early parts of March into about March 19th or 23rd or thereabouts, whenever the bottom hit. I, I was lulled into thinking that fundamentals mattered again. But then, of course, the the Fed injection of liquidity caused my thinking to, to have been shown to be wrong. So. I've been wrong in the near past. Uh, several companies that have just had abysmal performance before the coronavirus have rocketed upward thanks to the liquidity injection. And I feel like momentum trading has has gotten a little bit too much of a hold on things. Uh, several companies have benefited far too much from that, one of which is Tesla. But Tesla is not the only one. Shopify has... It, it's share price has gotten completely insane. Wayfair's rebound from its its bottom is insane. Carvana's is insane. Wingstop and Chipotle, I guess because you can order online and uh, get takeout from those places, the simplistic thinking without thinking things through deeply is that, oh, these companies will do well in the post-coronavirus world. Uh, Netflix, uh, oh, people are stuck at home, they're going to watch more Netflix. Not thinking about the fact that these people already had subscriptions, so the incremental new subscriptions is not going to be that high. Um, it, it was a little bit high with the first quarter numbers, I think, that Netflix put out. But how much of that was just pulling forward new subscribers that they will now not be able to add in the next couple quarters? Who knows? Space Force, not that great. Uh, Tiger King was a phenomenon for about two weeks, but it quickly died out. Uh, I do like the, the top 10 list that Netflix has. Uh, it helps to be able to see if there's some good content that's out there, but nothing on the top 10 list lately has, has struck me as being all that interesting, uh, or worthy of pushing subscriptions. Stranger Things season four is coming soon. That'll help a little bit, but overall, uh, with the historic cash flow burn that Netflix has had. I feel like the bidding up of its share price in this post-corona world has been overdone. Um, so, needless to say, 
While I do see Tesla as being very overvalued presently, I don't see any near-term bankruptcy potential for it. Uh, I do think that if there's a bankruptcy potential for an equity, that the market is somewhat still capable of pricing that in. Although the uh, the Hertz bounce after the bankruptcy, uh, Chesapeake Energy's bounce just before its bankruptcy show that there's some serious irrationality going on in the market. Uh, it, I did note uh, that Monday, several weeks ago, whenever Nikola shot up crazily highly, uh, Hertz and Chesapeake also went up a ton that day, along with a bunch of other oil and gas companies that are probably not worth nearly uh, what they what their share prices might have made it look like they should have been worth that day. But uh, I remember that day particularly being irrational. And then later that week, there was a nice, uh, nice quick drop in uh, the market as a whole. I'll be on the lookout for any any upcoming craziness uh, that shows similar irrationality. Although I think the Nasdaq may have closed last week at an all-time weekly closing high. I'm not entirely certain on that, but uh, that just shows that the market is maybe being a bit irrational right now, considering the overall economic situation that we find ourselves in. But the stock market does not reflect the economy in any kind of one-to-one ratio. So I do think that that uh, when a company has legitimate liquidity concerns, that the market does price that in. I think that was the case, absolutely, with Tesla in 2019 prior to their May capital raise, and even into early June of 2019, when it was not clear that their quarter two deliveries were going to be all that much improved from their quarter one 2019 deliveries, there was legitimate um, liquidity concern for Tesla at that time when they had only $3 billion on their balance sheet. But now that they have $8 billion as of March 31st, there's not any near-term liquidity issues. So... I see no near-term bankruptcy possibility for Tesla. Uh, I do think that there are tons and tons of issues in the world today that need more nuance, that so many people just immediately think are black and white, right and wrong. But in reality, there's a lot of gray in a lot of things. There are some things that there's not a lot of gray in, like the Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell stuff. That There's not much room for gray in those areas. But a lot of things like short selling as a concept, uh, different power sources, hydrogen fuel cell vehicles that need a whole lot of nuance. So rather than continue as the Tesla Q podcast, at some point in the near future, I'm going to transition to the Not That Evil podcast. And my main thing that I, I want to perpetuate with that is just deeper second, third level thinking, nuance, and actually thinking things through as opposed to immediately placing them in the right or wrong pile or good or evil. So not that evil. So I think I'm going to call this the end of this short episode. Next time you hear from me, I may be a father finally. So no guarantees on when a new episode will come out, but I, I don't plan to fully retire from podcasting. I very much enjoy podcasting, but the chart cast from Tesla Charts and Georgia Orwell and Poles Tesla and Evacuation Boy is quite excellent and is filling uh, the niche the niche that I tried to get started when I started this podcast. So 
they're doing a great job. If you haven't listened to their podcast, go listen to their podcast. If you want some shorty merchandise like the excellent coffee mug that I drank out of this morning, which I is my favorite coffee mug still, uh, go to the uh, shorty store at evacuationboy.com. And without further ado, thanks for listening to episode 65 of the Tesla Q podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>